Welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Your Daily Drive, and I am Rick Thomas. Thank you so much for joining me for the podcast. The title of the podcast is You Have a Right to Be Comfortable in Your Own Skin. Are you comfortable in your own skin? This is the kind of language that I use when I talk about our Adamic shame. When Adam, in 3.6 of Genesis partook of the fruit, he and Eve, they began to experience things that they had never experienced before. A lot of things, several things. We call it being Adamic, and we are born in Adam, and so we are Adamic creatures as well. But one of those things that he felt, in addition to fear, was was shame. And I call shame an internal awkwardness of the soul, a person who is not quite comfortable in their own skin, The temptation is, for all of us, is to present ourselves in the public domain as something that is not 100% true of ourselves. Now, there is wisdom in that. You don't want to reveal your entire self or speak your entire mind to every person that you know. And so I'm not talking about being a fool in communicating everything with no social filter whatsoever. But I'm talking about the temptation to hide, even in plain sight, because you are not comfortable in your own skin. There's this internal awkwardness of the soul. You are controlled by other people. You're managed by their opinions or what you think their opinions might be. You also feel similarly in your relationship with the Lord, How did you get there? Well, one of the ways that you got there is because of being born in Adam. We all come into the world that way, and it doesn't matter who you are. We all have this level of uncomfortableness of the soul. And so I titled the podcast, You Have the Right to Be Comfortable in Your Own Skin. There is a way out of uh, this internal soul tension And unfortunately for some people, they're not only born that way in Adam, but they're shaped, they are additionally shaped that way by other people, specifically their parents who who don't relate to the children the way that they should. And they set up this standard, whether intentional or not, that they are displeasing the parents and they have to work or they have to perform in order to please the parents. It's a legalistic type of worldview, and the parents, perhaps, they don't understand that how they are affecting what they are doing to the child. But if you take a child born into this world already uncomfortable in their own skin, already feel a sense of shame, and they begin to realize quickly that in order to be approved or loved or accepted in the parent's mind, they have to hit certain criteria And then this just becomes a lifestyle for them. They learn early on that I have to be a performer. And so they can live outwardly, behavioristically, and they can meet many expectations. And depending on what their strengths are, they can be wonderful performers. But behind that facade, kind of like a Hollywood uh, TV set or a movie set, where you walk down the streets of the western town and you see the saloon and the hotel and the bank and the sheriff's office and then you walk through the door and realize it's just held up by plywood and and two befores that there's nothing on the other side of the wall it was all a facade it was a movie set and sometimes we can live our life that way well if you want 
to learn how to break free from that. Well, there is a way, and I want to talk about that in this podcast. If you want to talk about these ideas and the things that I'm going to share with you, let me, let's go at it this way, first of all. I want you to read the article on our website. Again, the title, You Have a Right, You Have the Right to Be Comfortable in Your Own Skin. I would encourage you to read this article. It's over 2,000 words, and so it's lengthy enough. It covers a lot of territory. There is a, a, a significant element of theology here because it's critical that we understand what does it mean to accept the alien righteousness of Christ and the rest in His works rather than our own, rather than trying to perform. But in addition to this article that you can read, the podcast that you're now listening to, there are three other articles that you can also read that help get at this idea from different angles. And so I, I would ask you to read those three articles as well. And then I have a short 10-minute video on this idea of being managed or being controlled by other people. And then if you want more, if you want to flesh it out in a little more detail, then I would encourage you to get on our website and, and start asking questions. We're a 24-7 shop. This is what we do. And so we would love to serve you with your questions. And we have a free forum that you can get on. It won't cost you anything. Get your username, password, jump on, ask your question, and, and you're good to go. And we'll respond to you. We're pretty prompt in our responses to people. And then if you are a member, a supporting member of our community, I have two things to say to you. Number one, thank you, because you're the one that releases us to do this work. If you're not underwriting this work, we would never be accomplishing remotely what the Lord is doing through our lives or through this ministry. And so thank you for your support. But we have a private forum for you, and make sure you get on that, and then you can ask your questions there. But imagine imagine being untethered from the controlling opinions of others. Can you imagine that, the kind of freedom that you could experience? Imagine not thinking about what others or other people think about you. How wonderful would that be that you can move through life like a, a sailboat on a beautiful glassy sea or lake, untethered, uncontrolled by what other people think about you? Imagine being so connected to God that your daily experience with Him is the enjoyment of His pleasure because you are not working. You're not working to please. How cool would it be to go through a week, a month, a year, out from under the control of what someone thinks about you. I want to get into this podcast by asking some questions. I'll give you, let me give you five scenarios of, of things that are very real for people. They might not be real for you. You can add your own and that would be fantastic. But my goal here is to stimulate your thinking about this idea of of performing for others. And so I'll begin by saying, are you comfortable in your own skin? How many of your decisions are controlled by what others think of you or what you think others think of you? Did you hear that question? The truth is, people don't spend a lot of time thinking about you or thinking about me. We, have such, we can have such a high view of ourselves <laughs> because we think about ourselves like all the time, uh, that we can think others are thinking about us as well. When you get up in a 
a meeting where 200 people are and have to walk out uh, while the meeting is going on, thinking about all that people are thinking about you when virtually nobody in the room is thinking about you at all. But how many of your decisions are controlled by others, by what others think of you? How about this? When you buy clothes, do you buy them to honor the Lord? Or do you buy them to keep in step with cultural expectations? Now, I realize that there should be a a modicum of relevancy to us. We don't want to be so out of step with our culture that we're perceived so weird that people stay away from us. But that's not the same thing as being controlled by the culture. When a situation where you need to provide correction to someone, in those moments, do you withhold your opinion due to fear? Now, this one's common, I would imagine, for all of us. There are things that we think about other people that uh, we see what they're doing or what they potentially could be doing, and we withhold our opinion, our observation from them, because, quite honestly, we, we don't want any blowback from them, and so we, we hide. Leaders do this. This is not just for the common folk. You can be part of a, an organization, a parachurch organization, or a local church. You can be a leader and still struggle with this issue. When you invite folks to your home, do you scurry around making sure everything is just right? whatever you think right should be, because you want to control your guest opinions of you. You're managing their opinions. You, you want to manage your opinions, and so you make sure everything is just right, because that's important to you. Do you struggle with over-guilt? Perhaps you sinned a long time ago, and you still carry the condemnation like a bag of rocks on your back. These are just some scenarios that are real for some of you. And as I said, you can probably create your own because you have your own version of this. One of the more common entanglements you'll run into with people is what the Bible calls fear of man. For those of you who haven't perceived that already, this is what I have been talking about. And sometimes you'll, you'll hear folks talk about it as being comfortable in your own skin. They're, they're not comfortable. They're more like puppets on a string, managed by other people, very concerned because they have this internal awkwardness of the soul. Proverbs teaches us that if you're not comfortable in your own skin, you're in a trap of your own making, meaning there is a way of escape. And so if you're, you're not escaping this trap, well, then there's something that you're doing wrong, which is the point of this podcast, and I hope that this will help you. And so the important key to overcoming the damaging control of others is obviously, as you already know, is to have an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. But that is the problem. That is theoretical. For many of us, it's too theoretical and less practical. And so we need to be practical. And I hope that I can be that in this podcast. But it's important that you hear what I just said. The key to overcoming the damaging control of other people in your life is to have an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ, because what that means for a person who's not comfortable in their own skin, there is something dynamically broken in their relationship with God, and that could be that they are not believers, but the overwhelming majority of people that listen to my podcast are believers, and those who come onto our website are believers, and so it's not a matter of salvation 
with them, but there's something wrong with their sanctification. They haven't worked out their salvation with fear and trembling, the way Paul talked about in Philippians chapter 2. But there's something dynamically broken in their relationship with Christ, to the point that they they feel this desire to perform or to be something that they're not that they aren't really on the inside. If I'm putting my state of being, my soul, my ontology, my internal self, if, I, if I'm putting that in anything other than Christ, my strength and my comfort level will never be more significant than the power of the thing that controls me. You can never rise above your ceiling. And if the thing that controls you is someone else's opinion, that's as high as you can rise. You'll always be under their spell, managed by their opinion of you or, their, or your perceived opinion, what you believe their opinion to be. But if you place your state of being in the person and work of Jesus Christ, that's code for the gospel. The gospel is the person and work of Christ. And if you place your soul in Him, then your strength and your comfort levels are transcendent. As Paul said in Philippians 4, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You have transcendent power and transcendent comfort. There is no higher power or force or opposing entity that can subdue the King of kings and Lord of lords in Christ. You have something better than worldly wisdom or wealth or fame. Now, this concept, this in Christ concept that I am communicating to you does raise a few questions that I want you to consider. I mean, the one, which is a paraphrase of the title of the podcast, would you like to be comfortable in your own skin? Would you like to be completely untethered from the opinions of others? Would you like to be secure. And if you do, then be assured that you can get there. Perhaps someday, soon, you could say this. Here's a a quote, a small paragraph that could be yours someday in the future. It goes like this. Hi, my name is Rick. And because of the regenerative force of the gospel, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the illumination of the Word of God, and the empowering favor of the grace of God, I am perfectly comfortable in my skin. Now, if you want to know someone who was like that, well, his name was Jesus. He was not managed by people. He can go into any setting, any context, any event, any situation, and he can be who God wanted him to be. He didn't have this internal awkwardness of the soul. He was untethered from the opinions of people because he was fully ensconced. He was fully situated in God alone. Wouldn't it be great never to have to live in fear of displeasing someone or feeling over guilty when someone disapproves of you, when they reject you, to be free from a person's opinion while living securely in the reality of God's pleasure in you because of the work of the Son, this should be the goal for every Christian. Now, to to do this, you have to come to terms with what some call a, a works mentality, a works mindset, this desire, this innate desire, Adamic desire to perform so you will be accepted. 
This kind of thinking will pester you into believing that what you do is what matters most, that you can't be right with God or with others unless you behave a certain way. That's not what the Bible teaches. Believing your works matter the most is usually the nut that the fearful person must crack if they want to be free from man's opinion. It doesn't matter who you are performing for. It will never be enough for you to experience unconditional acceptance. You want unconditional acceptance? You will never get that if you are the one that has this works mentality that you are the performer. God will never accept your works because even your best offerings are impure. Your friends will always like you no matter what. Let let me flip it around into the negative. If you have to perform to please your friends, you need to wake up and realize that what you have is, is not a true biblical friendship. True friends don't accept you based on your works. God will never accept you based on your works, and so it it doesn't matter whether you're performing for God or performing for others. You will never be good enough. Now, that is depressing for the unregenerate soul, the person who is walking in the futility of their mind, in the way of the world, the prince of the power of the air, their father is the devil. That is an awful thing because they are striving more than anybody to find acceptance. But if you embrace the yo-yo mentality that your performance is the way to find acceptance, to add another metaphor here, you're barking up the wrong tree. You will be forever trying to figure out your best response, best action, best behavior, best communication that will fill your craving for most favored status among your peers, always striving to be favored, always striving to be accepted, And you will never find most favored status continuously among your peers. God accepts you just as you are, warts and all. He receives you based on the finished works of His Son. It's not that works don't matter. Works do matter. But the works that we're talking, that I'm talking about here, are the works of Christ. It's His labor. It's His life, His death, His resurrection, His sacrifice, His ascension. God accepts you just as you are based on the works of His Son, not your lowly, earthly offerings. You can't please Him with human-centered actions. You will receive His praise when you accept the works of His Son. Once you accept the labors of Jesus and stop striving or stop positioning yourself as as though your works matter most of all, you can be free. You can actually be untethered from striving for favorable opinions of other people. You can actually be somewhat like Jesus who did not strive for the favorable opinions of others. He was free to be all that his Father wanted him to be because he was resting in the pleasure of his father, and he was not dependent on the acceptance or the rejection of other people. 
there is rest for the person who is resting in the works of Christ alone. And then some people will argue, well, I guess that means I can do anything I want to since my works don't matter. Well, that is foolish and it is unbiblical. And I'm not even sure why a person would make a, such a statement. The fact that you are resting in the works of Christ and not your own does not imply or mean in any way that you should never change, improve, transform, be obedient. You should always be obedient to the teaching of the Word of God. What it means is your obedience is not to gain His good favor. Your obedience is a, it's a desire to obey in response to His excellent re- approval that is already on your life. You're not working to find acceptance, but you're working because you are accepted. And you don't want to get those things backwards. Sanctification is a response to salvation. You don't put sanctification in front of salvation. I have to work to be saved. I have to work to experience God's pleasure. No, sanctification doesn't come first. Sanctification is a response to salvation. Obedience is an expression of gratitude for what God did for you. Not so you can change His opinion. You're not obeying to manipulate God or into a more favorable opinion. You, if you have been accepted, if you have, I'm sorry, if you have accepted the works of Jesus, the Father has a plenary, full, wonderful, and satisfying opinion of you. Now, the interesting thing here is that that same kind of condition, resting in the works of another, being accepted, not for what you can do, but because of who you are in Christ. Well, that's how you build friendships as well. True friends do not like you because of what you have or what you can do for them. That's not... My brother was like that. Uh, He was in prison for many years, and as long as he had... For example, as long as he had cigarettes... In prison, he could perform, uh, provide, and barter with, you know, he had friends. But as long as he didn't have anything to give, they didn't care anything about him. That's not biblical relationships. Our relationship, how we relate to each other, is, how, is similar to how we relate to God. People like you because they want to imitate the Lord. God is love, and so are real biblical friendships. To have a friendship that is dependent on your performance, that's not the biblical definition of a friendship. Biblical friends are fellow beggars who need the grace of God. They have benefited from God's grace, and because of that, they want to extend God's grace to other people. They want to live in such a way that they are living before the Lord. Biblical friends do not hold the relationship as a ransom. You meet my expectations, and I will like you. That's sad. Biblical friends like you because it is a choice, not based on performance. Grace-based friendship is a picture of our grace-based gospel. As an expression of gratitude for the friendship, you do biblical things for your friend, like being kind and protective and generous, or expressing gratitude for each other. You don't do these things as a bargaining chip designed to hold the friendship in place, but because you want to reciprocate with the same grace that God has extended to you. 
And when your biblical friendships become rocky, guess what? You persevere. Because you did not base the bond on works. You based the bond on grace, just like your relationship with God. When your relationship with the Lord becomes rocky, He doesn't kick you to the curb. He doesn't end the relationship. And it is in these moments that the redemptive nature of the friendship comes into view when your friendship is modeling in a similar fashion, the way you have a friendship with God, not based on works. But it comes back to this problem. If you are working to please others, if you're working for the approval of others, if you see your relationships as conditional, I want to make sure that you're not blaming the relationships for this problem. You're the one that's in bondage. You're the one that's not free. And so being comfortable with God and being comfortable with others begins with God, with Christ specifically. Before you can ever become comfortable in your own skin, you have to find your comfort zone. You have to find that sweet spot in life. Jesus found that sweet spot. He lived in the comfort zone. And by the way, the comfort zone was, was his tethering, his relationship to his father, and once you find that comfort zone in Christ alone, then you are free from the opinions of other people. You are free from performing in order to maintain the relationship. Once you are ensconced in Christ and you are maturing in that relationship, you should be gradually freed from opinion seeking. You don't need it anymore because you are relishing and you are being revived and refreshed in this relationship that you have with God alone, not based on your performance. Now, if you do not experience freedom from the opinions of others, you need to look no further than the dynamics of your relationship with Christ. And I don't want to be overly redundant here, but if you are blaming this on other people, then, if, then they are controlling you. They have power over you. And there is something definitely wrong with your relationship with Christ. There are many Christians who are still heavily influenced by their culture or their peers or by other people like spouses, employers, authority figures, have power over individuals. Being insecure around others or overly influenced by others communicates a theological breakdown in a person's soul. And so I want to turn you inward, not outward. I want you to understand this, that if you're not comfortable in your own skin, it is in your own skin where the problem is. Now, men, for example, are most prone to crave a favorable opinion from others based on their vocation. Hey, what do you do? Their affluence or their lack of affluence or their reputation. Women can be different. They're more prone to desire an acceptable response from others based on their perceived appearance, their physicality, perhaps their station in life. Uh, Stay-at-home moms can be this way. They, they compare their life with another life, somebody who, you know, the corporate lady or whatever, and they can feel insecure because uh, they're not doing whatever they're basing that on, and they're not comfortable in their own skin. They're not comfortable in their station of life. They're not living in the transcendent strength of God's approval of them. But whether a man or a woman, either one who is secure in Christ is free to be himself or herself. You're free to be that stay-at-home mom. 
you're free man uh, to have the job that may be not as desirable as the other job that people seem to talk about, whatever that may be. And you can be in any context while seemingly oblivious to what other people think about you. Now, this biblical condition that I'm communicating here, it's not detached aloofness. It's not that you don't care about people. It's that you're not controlled by people. And that is the difference. Jesus loved people, cared about people. He wasn't aloof at all. He just wasn't managed. Now, to reach this state of eternal and unwavering approval, you must hang your hat on something other than your looks, your money, your earning potential, your physical presentation. There are no works that you can do that will satisfy any person at all times. It is impossible to please all people at all times. And there are no works that you can do that will satisfy God at any time. Eternal and unwavering approval begins with another kind of righteousness, another kind of works, a, a works that is always unearned. To be comfortable in your own skin, you must know that, that you will, you're completely free. You'll never be condemned. And to you cannot achieve this apart from Christ. A person who has been profoundly accepted by God is thoroughly free. I have more to this podcast. I have four steps to freedom if you want to get into the practicality of it. And also, if you want to talk about it, please come to our website and let's talk. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.